Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. We're going to learn about specialized spiritual care ministry in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Brian Heller, manager for specialized spiritual care ministry in the LCMS Office of National Mission. Chaplain Heller, welcome. Well, thanks you so much for having me here again. Great to be with you. It's good to chat with you. I think we it's it's been probably like two, three months since we chatted. We introduced you as a new person here at the IC. Yeah, I think fun. we did lightning round, we if did. I remember correctly. Oh, I remember that, yes. It was a lightning <laughs> round. <laughs> so we got to share a little bit of your story then. We'll share more of it today before we dig in too deep. Last time we talked, we talked about specialized pastoral ministry. We have a new name now. And you mentioned that there was a new name coming at that time. Yes. So we do have a new name. We are now in some specialized pastoral ministry, specialized spiritual care ministry. So we have another word. Acronyms a little bit longer. And, but the good thing is, is there's a lot of confusion across the Synod, confusing specialized pastoral ministry and specific ministry pastors or program. Yeah. So SPM, SMPs, too many S's, M's and P's. It's just confusing. So this really helps separate us from that, make sure those, those distinctions are in place. And also with spiritual care, we can be a little bit more inclusive of all of our church roster church workers that serve in these different type of chaplaincy roles, roles including deaconesses, even DCEs and, and other workers as well. Even DCEs. Even DCEs. Even DCEs. <laughs> yeah. Just for you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> Had to put it in there. So <laughs> so who is served by professionals serving in specialized spiritual care ministry? Well, really, I mean, first and foremost is we want to make sure that we we are knowing what the the theology of what we're doing within chaplaincy type of work. So really, first and foremost, foremost, who's being served is the church at large. Specialized spiritual care ministry is always working to be in service and a servant of the local parishes, local congregations, local pastors. Our goal is to get the people that we are serving in whatever situation they're sitting there in back into the pew or into a new pew if they're not connected with any churches or extend or have that parish pastor come and visit them and bring them the Lord's gifts, word and sacrament ministry to them in whatever setting they're in. So we're working with and serving the local parishes, local parish pastors in service of those brought before us in what would be seen as sometimes called extraordinary circumstances. So folks in nursing homes, folks in prison, hospitals, a whole wide array of, of areas. So this chaplaincy in specialized spiritual care ministry is different from the chaplaincy that we hear about in the armed forces. Yes. So, and it really goes with the, just the, the differences of challenges that we have too. Mm-hmm. So mystery to armed forces, they do a great job of supporting our chaplains that are serving strictly in a military setting mm-hmm. and and they do a great job and great service over there. And also more recently, 
uh, Veterans Affairs, so VA mm. hospitals are now with Ministry of Armed Forces, okay. so that can so that care for them, which is unique to themselves and different than what we're doing, can be continuous. It can all really flow together. What we're doing, though, is pretty much everything outside of armed forces chaplaincy and VA chaplaincy. Yeah. Cool. That that makes a lot of sense. There's, there's some overlap, too, but but some confusion maybe when people yeah. hear chaplaincy of where different chaplains serve and in what capacities. Right. Well, even when you think about Ministry of Armed Forces, the way they use chaplains, too, for to be a military chaplain, you do have to be ordained clergy. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. with us, it's any rostered church worker. So mm-hmm. that's another key difference between yeah. the the different roles and, and opportunities. Yeah, that's a good distinction to make. So you talked about serving in these different locations. How do these chaplains serve in these different locations in the nursing home and and the prisons and things? So they they serve mainly, I mean, there's a whole different uh, different approaches because every Mm -hmm. situation is a little bit different. Every context is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that these these church workers that we have have just a wide array of opportunities to not only serve the the residents, patients, prisoners, but also the staff there as well. And there's story after story about staff members being baptized at a local congregation through the word that they heard through the chaplain's visits. They bring their family and, and all of that, that goodness that results from that too. And we don't often think about the impact that this has on the staff as well. When we think about how these these folks serve again i've mentioned several times you know some of those kind of common areas that we think about hospitals prisons hospice centers mm-hmm. uh, senior living communities and so on but also it's there's just so many opportunities within specialized spiritual care ministry to serve some of the ones that we don't often always think of would be workplace chaplains mm. we actually used to have an lcms chaplain serving at a tyson factory yeah and that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable. We don't have any LCMS chaplains serving right now, but there are chaplains serving with witness protection with oh. the families there, FBI, Secret Service, just things that you normally don't think of are open. And I would love for us to, to really expand our presence and have a good, solid Lutheran presence with these folks, with these unique situations and bring them to to the church, to the parish pastor, to receive our Lord's gifts. Does that include chaplains for emergency services? It does, yes. Again, so, and I highlighted some of the federal law enforcement agencies, Secret Service, FBI, so on. But of course there's chaplains, and this is where you find a lot of our church church workers serving as volunteer chaplains with fire departments, Mm -hmm. local police departments, things of that nature. And, uh, and supporting their their communities through that work and connecting the people, the firefighters, the people that they're responding to in those emergencies with God's word, with the intent to bring them into the fold. So let's learn about your story. You served as a chaplain for an organization for a while before you came to the International Center, correct? That's correct. Let's let's learn about the path to first of all to ordination for you. What was what when did you first start thinking about serving in the ministry and what was that path to a seminary like for you? Sure. So I grew up as a PK a pastor's kid. So <laughs> my dad serves he currently serves as a pastor in the Chicago area. Hmm. 
I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we lived there for about six years until my dad took a call to the Chicago area where we've been ever since. And so growing up in the Chicago suburbs, that's where most of my memories are from. It's something I've always wanted to do, always been in the back of my mind to serve in that capacity. Went to Concordia University, Chicago for undergrad. It was part of the pre-seminary program there. Met a lot of great folks and and classmates that were all encouraging. And the campus pastor, Pastor Langer, was very influential as well in in that journey to get me me through undergrad and into, into seminary. So something that's always... I've always been exposed to something I've always wanted to do and then I'll work through that to get to seminary. What was that path like after seminary? Was chaplaincy something that you had been thinking about at that point or, or was, as you were, you were in a parish immediately after yeah. seminary? Yeah. So I, my experience in seminary was a little bit different than, especially with the vicarage and mm. kind of your traditional Routes. I remember the, so I was going through seminary, got through the first two years, got assigned to, to Vicarage, great congregation, a big congregation had a church and a school attached to it. And I remember the first day of Vicarage, the, the supervising pastor pulled me into his office and notified me that he had taken a call oh. to Florida and we go within a few weeks. <laughs> so at that point, you know, I had the the option whether to, to switch vicarages or not. And, you know, I just decided to kind of stick it out with the with that situation. And so Pastor, he he did some great mentorship while I was there before he left. And I got to see a pastor leave a congregation, some of those mm. four wells. And, and that was very, very helpful mm-hmm. and helped me grow in that area as well. The uh, the pastor they brought in for the vacancy, great great pastor. I can't speak highly enough of him, but he was suffering from stage four cancer. And so he had to take medical leave from being a full-time pastor to come in. So he was a great mentor, but understandably his, his availability was a little bit limited with Mm -hmm. cancer treatments, things like that. So he was great to work with, great to learn from, but there was still a considerable amount of work between the church and the school to get done, which usually... I helped out with, <laughs> and and it, there were a lot of a lot of pastoral care situations that arose during that year that I realized I was woefully inadequate for dealing with mm-hmm. uh, different emergency situations and emergency hospital visits. That I just did not feel comfortable doing folks that were suicidal, things of that nature. So I I actually. It got to a point where I was really questioning whether or not this is something I wanted to do because it was mm. just a very difficult year yeah. navigating through that. So I talked to the talked to the seminary and the vicarage placement director at the time recommended I do a unit of clinical pastoral education, CPE, commonly referred to at a local Fort Wayne hospital to get more experience with hmm. with dealing with these things. So I enrolled for a for a unit of CPE at this hospital, I did what's called an extended unit. So you do a few hours of this every week during, for me, it would be during my final year of seminary. And I found it was, was tremendously helpful in helping develop these skills and help. I mean, you just get thrown in <laughs> to a trauma hospital. Mm-hmm. I remember the first, uh, the first week, that weekend, I was the on-call chaplain for the hospital. And I mean, just, but it, it was a really good experience kind of by learning by doing mm-hmm. 
and then you can reflect back with your your educator, with your peers on your experience. You know what 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 well, what didn't go well. You know ways you can improve, equipping you with more tools in your toolkit, essentially. And so it was a really good, really good experience. I quickly, I mean, there the amount of experiences I received in this in this unit was tremendous. I was assigned to the to be the chaplain to the pediatric intensive care unit oh, wow. for that year. So that was, I grew a lot in being able to be there with children and teenagers and kind of everything in between, being with the parents, being with the, the medical staff that were excellent in treating them. There were a lot of difficult situations that happened as one can imagine in that setting. But I really was able to develop my spiritual caregiving skills in that setting, especially when it came to children, death, dying, and administering to grieving family members, including mm -hmm. parents, siblings, and staff members as well. Really close-knit community within the pediatric intensive care unit realm. And so if we had a difficult, a difficult overnight shift the lead doctor would usually bring in Starbucks for all of us the next morning, you know, and just, you know, things like that. And so everyone really just did a good job taking care of each other. And it was nice to be a part of that team, part of that family caring for these ones. So I felt really, I actually really enjoyed that year of, of CPE. I enjoyed working as a chaplain in a hospital setting. The hospital extended me an offer to to serve as what's called a as a resident in CPE. So that means you do that full time and get three more units of CPE. Pretty much just to give some background, if you want to be a what's called a board certified chaplain, you need four units of CPE. Mm. And so the the purpose of this extended or this residency year was to have you do this full time and get those four units of CPE. So, so I did that. I deferred getting a call from seminary after my fourth year to, to do that full-time. I also did some STM work on the side as it related to chaplaincy because the seminary was right there and, <laughs> and why not? And so, so that year I was, it was a little bit interesting. I was assigned to a satellite hospital. I was a sole chaplain there and the satellite hospital dealt primarily with births and had a really big neonatal intensive care units. Oh, wow. And so that's where I was the primary chaplain. And that, I thought serving in pediatric intensive care unit was hard. This mm -hmm. was very difficult as well. Yeah. And we'd probably have, I mean, a baby die. It wasn't frequent, but it wasn't very rare either. So somewhere mm -hmm. in between that. And, and just having to kind of work through those emotions yourself, work through you know, some of those theodicy, you know, why, why does, you know, this baby die, you know, and, mm. and things like that, work through that theology and really solidify it within yourself, our Lutheran and biblical understanding of, of the devastation of sin, but also the good and promise, the good promises of God and his salvation for all and being able to, to minister, witness and encourage these folks, these parents, these grieving parents to come and receive Christ's gifts at a, at a parish if they were not attached to one or to seek pastoral counsel as well. So it was great to serve as a servant in that role with those, with those folks. I also, part of that also meant that you would also serve on call at the trauma hospital too. So I kind of got a taste of both worlds. So I still had my one foot in the trauma hospital, but most of my time was at the 
the NICU type stuff. And that year, I mean, just being on call more often with, with the trauma hospital, a lot of different experiences happened. Things that would be reported in the news you were seeing and being a part of in real time. So whenever I get off shift, I look at the news and, you know, if there was a giant car accident or a gang shooting or something like that, you're like, oh, I was, I was with those folks. I was, I was able to bring God's word to them and, and be with them. And so it's a really unique experience there. And there were, I mean, things I never imagined I would ever do. There was one time where there was a, a gang shooting and there were all these gang members gathered in a waiting room as their, I guess, I don't know what the <laughs> the term is for a fellow gang member. We can what, go with that. With that, a fellow gang member was was pretty critically critically injured. And so actually with them... They assigned, just because it was a very rough crowd, Fort Wayne police officer was assigned to, to come with me when I would go in and update them, brief them, and actually had the opportunity to pray with all of them and said, you know, would I, would I be able to pray, pray for you guys and pray for your fellow gang member in this, you know, that the word of God would work essentially <laughs> on your hearts, you know, and and things. And they really appreciate that. And everyone, you know, they, they had their, you know, caps sideways and pretty much... They, they took those all off out of a sign of respect mm-hmm. and just a really unique experience in being able to, to share the word of God and hope and hoping and praying that that word of God, and so we do know, does what it says and will work on these, on these hearts and bring them to a life of repentance and to a life of Christ. I never thought that would ever be a part of my, <laughs> my pastoral journey, but, but there I was. We have more to learn about specialized spiritual care ministry with Chaplain Brian Heller in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are learning about specialized spiritual care ministry with Chaplain Brian Heller in the LCMS Office of National Mission. And you've shared with us quite the journey Mm, from your path to seminary, seminary into serving as a hospital chaplain, Mm -hmm. into chaplain residency which was a year-long, four units of CP clinical pastoral education. What an experience. So from, from your hospital experience as a chaplain, is that what brought you then to eventually to this position of, of wanting to serve and help, yeah. help the, the, the shape and formation of, of other chaplains mm-hmm. serving in yeah. institutions and organizations and in various settings like that? Yeah, I was, I was very passionate about chaplaincy after going through that and just just love the experiences and and being able to uh to share the word of god in such unique circumstances with people and so i was there was something i was very uh, very excited about i want to be a part of 
I had an opportunity to serve as a as a chaplain at a local senior living community here in St. Louis for a few years. I really got was able to get in touch with and do some contract work with the uh, the synods at the time specialized pastoral ministry to really just help and support the work going on here. And that led led me to uh, to be able to to serve in this role and support chaplains and and those that they're serving and provide them with resources, material, and just be able to be there for them as as people were there for me. So you've mentioned doing the CPE. Can you explain a little bit more what that is and if there's any other special training or education that people who want to do chaplaincy have to do? Yeah, so right now, typically CPE is the biggest training, spiritual care training program on the markets. It is accredited by the U.S. Department of Education, the only Mm -hmm. one of its kind accredited by by that department. The typically what's been done in the past is pretty much every different denomination uses CPE to train their church workers and provide that specialized training. But just because of the uniqueness with different different denominations, different religions, and especially as we know with with Lutheran theology, there is a push for for everyone to kind of develop their own additional specialized training that really hounds in on our theology. And that's what we're trying to do. That's what we are doing right now Hmm. in our departments. We actually just completed a pilot program with five students from, they are spread all across the university and seminary system. We had a few that were uh, students at Concordia St. Louis, one student at Concordia, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne and one from Concordia, Chicago that were all part of this program. And it really takes takes some of those good concepts from CPE, but definitely emphasizes our Lutheran heritage, our Lutheran foundations, and really draws Lutheran spiritual care from Luther himself, Walther, Philip Nicolai, some of the early church fathers too. We get a whole gambit of of resources that we include in this training. If someone is interested in serving in specialized spiritual care ministry, what are the next steps? If they're not already a rostered church worker, what are the steps they should take? And then if they are a church worker, rostered church worker, what are the steps they should take? Sure. For those that are in, that are thinking about doing this type of work, the most important thing I would encourage you to do, and if you're not a roster church worker, is talk to talk to admissions at one of your Concordia universities, one of your seminaries. Ask about the routes to become a pastor, deaconess, or other type of roster church worker, and really get that information that way. And that really is the foundation for the work that we're doing, the theology that was laid and learned and taught during that time. For those that are rostered church workers, I'd encourage you to reach out to me, Pastor Brian Heller at Specialized Spiritual Care Ministry. I can get you in touch with some of our resources, what's needed for ecclesiastical endorsement, things of that nature. And I do want to highlight that really, I mean, the biggest thing for anyone considering this, this line of work, this vocation of church work in general, will be to develop, as Dr. Sinkbell says, a habitus of prayer, mm-hmm. of scripture reading, receiving the word and sacrament yourself and receiving absolution by participating private confession absolution on a regular basis. Not only do those things, of course, work on you, work on your heart, encourage you, feed you, refresh you, but it also teaches you 
how to be a good spiritual caregiver yourself. Very good. So how does the the roster church worker or, or anyone interested in learning about specialized spiritual care ministry get in touch with you or find more information? Yeah, so they can email us. We still have our old email address, spm at lcms.org. Again, that's spm at lcms.org. Or they can give me a call, 314-996-1386. Very good. Chaplain Brian Heller, Manager for Specialized Spiritual Care Ministry in the LCMS Office of National Mission. Thanks so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.